You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the APC podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation talking Green Bay Packers. I uh, used to say all off season long, but it is somehow amazingly technically not the off season. I am Zach Rapport on a very blustery day in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So if you hear wind in the background, it is because my house is in danger of being toppled by some kind of crazy like 60 mile an hour gusts. It's uh, It's been crazy, but we're not going to talk about the weather uh, as we probably have in the past few weeks. We are going to talk about the Green Bay Packers. They got a roster. They got a game coming up. There's a lot to look forward to and to get into all that. Um, I am joined once again, hiding out in Wisconsin, joined by Alex Patakis. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Doing pretty good. Uh, got a nice weekend in that I felt was very Wisconsin-y. Checked all the boxes there. Saw you floating on a river. Yeah, I was in like this little lake. It was calm. I uh, kayaked for the first ever time. I'm not an outdoorsman, which probably doesn't surprise you very much. Uh, but yeah, I did a little that. Did a paddleboarding ex- experience. Experiment. <laughs> it was. Uh, experiment. It was good. Uh, kayaking is a very relaxing activity. I've found on uh, calm waters. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I en- I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Actually, I'd like to do it again as long as uh, the conditions are similar. I don't think I could do any water that's not basically still. Yeah. Same. That's a, uh, that, that's about the stress level I can handle, I think, in a kayak. I know, pretty pretty low stakes. Yeah, I don't want I don't want my like leisure activities to be work, you know? So if it's like <laughs> if it's calm, that's nice, but people who like to kayak for a challenge, it's like I don't know. Why 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 volunteer for that? Yeah. I was thinking that the whole time I was doing this, I was like, if this were any harder, I would be so miserable. I have a friend out here who it seems what he does for relaxing is to do things like, oh, I'm gonna go on like a 46 mile bike ride in the hundred degree heat. And I'm like, cool, well, I'll be here when you get back uh with some beer. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh really quickly, no Ben Folde today, you know, COVID times, crazy times. Um, he will be back on the show, I promise, but just not quite yet. Alex, you think we can handle it without him? <laughs> I think we could, I think we could kick this, this season off. Muddle, muddle through. All right, guys, follow us at the APC pod on Twitter. Subscribe, hit that five-star review. Do hickey. Um, if you want to play the, the free listener pick them league with a goofy little prize at the end. Get at us on Twitter at the APC pod, send us a message or email us the APC podcast at gmail.com. There's still time to join the pick them league. And uh, we are back to our regular season form here. So we're going to do two shows this week in a couple days. We are set to talk to our buddy Arif Hassan who covers the Vikings over the, at the athletic uh, to preview the week one matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. So the season is here. 
the roster is here. And that is where I wanted to start, Alex, with you. Roster cut down weekend happened with, of course, no preseason games and uh, very little intel for for us on the fan side. Not really a ton of surprises. I'll, I'll say this first, some notable sort of practice squad names. So people who were cut, uh, but uh, have been retained on the practice squad, wide receiver Reggie Begleton and wide receiver Darius Shepard, tight end John Lovett, um, who might be a guy, and we'll get into who qualifies to be a guy later, uh, center Jake Hansen, and uh, offensive lineman Alex Light. So those are some names that you probably recognize back on the practice squad, but um, uh, the following name calls for a little uh, royalty-free sad piano music. And here it comes. Touchdown, <laughs> Jesus. We, all, we only knew you for a couple, two, three years there, but they were a good time. And, you know, it's just time to part ways with Jake Kumaro, who was cut from the team and and friend of show Justice Muscata and I were talking a bit um, after that happened. Maybe he would get on the, the practice squad, but the Bills scoop him up. Alex, it's a sad day in Packer Nation. Jake Kumaro no longer a Green Bay Packer. <laughs> Yeah, sad day. Sad day for for Aaron Rodgers too. I guess when it happened, he loses yet another uh, football IQ guy that he loves. But you know, <laughs> I'll miss his hair. I'll miss his laugh. I'll miss his smile. I'll miss the joy he brought so many who need someone who looks like him to to root for. But uh, yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> What else is there to say? On to the next, yeah. I guess. He'll have fun in Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, you touched on, you, you've you talked about this before, though, the idea of um, Aaron Rodgers communicating publicly his like for certain guys. And, and I feel like in the past, you've come down on the side of um, let's give Aaron Rodgers some of the guys that he likes. Um, I, other people yeah. I know are vehemently on the other side side of that fence, which is no, this is all GM and coach stuff. Are you still fall on that same side? Um, I mean, I, I think it really depends on the player too, right? So when, when Rogers is vouching for, um, I don't know, someone like Julius Peppers or something, or Charles Woodson, you know, guys like who are future hall of famers, it's one thing. It was pretty clear that Jake Kumaro wasn't that, um, I mean, it doesn't feel like a move that matters that much to me, you know, and, and I don't, I think we're kind of beyond, it's, I think we're kind of beyond the, like, we need to appease Aaron Rodgers phase now. Like we just need to do whatever we can to be good enough while he's here. But also like, it's a new regime. It's a new coach. It's clearly a new offense that has a very different philosophy. So from that regard, I understand Rodgers having a little bit less of a say where before he was like so entrenched in everything that was like the Ted Thompson era, the, the Mike McCarthy era, you know, he was that, like he ushered that in himself um, alongside, you know, McCarthy and Thompson. So it's a bit different, I guess. And also he doesn't have as much leverage. Like now he's at a point where if he wants to play quarterback for the Packers into his forties, like he said, um, he kind of has to just like fall in line a little, you know, or just be so great that they have no choice, but to, cater to him, but that hasn't been the case in the past few seasons. Yeah. Uh, the only other surprise sort of, uh, wrapping up sort of this, this cut down 
rundown. We you mentioned this in sort of our, our pre-show back and forth, but all but one draft choice made it, and there were no UDFAs, no uh, undrafted free agent rookies who made the team. And apparently, that's the first time since 2004 that that's happened with the Packers. Does that surprise you at all? Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. And I think this is happening with a lot of teams. And I think that, honestly, it's probably the first time in a while for a lot of teams, too, because, um, you know, undrafted free agents a lot of times have, in a normal circumstance, uh, you know, months and games to prove themselves. And those guys also, like, play more yeah. in the preseason, yeah. you know, more than a lot of other guys. So, like, they even have more opportunities to make plays. Uh, a lot of other times, but for the Packers, it's like, you know, I, I think one of the staples of Ted Thompson as a general manager was that, you know, like we always, almost every year we felt like we had an undrafted free agent who would come into camp and, you know, just like dazzle people and then make the team and, and honestly have a chance to play a lot. Um, you know, it's happened at the defensive back position quite a bit. Uh, so it is a little bit surprising, I think, from that regard. But then when you, you know, when you zoom out and you realize, again, COVID times, um, I guess that's just how it kind of, how the cookie crumbles, I guess you could say, right? This offseason, like we knew going in that rookies would be at a disadvantage. Um, you know, when a team hasn't necessarily spent draft capital on you, it already says something, I think, about, you know, the perception yeah. of you, especially like a late round draft pick. So, um I mean, you would have to be like out of this world, it almost feels like, to show up to camp and in the span, how many practices, wasn't it like 14 days or something or like 14 practices or whatever? I forget, uh, 12 maybe. To to show enough in that time to make a team seems almost impossible. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's crazy, you know? I mean, that's like the impact that's going to be felt around the league and um, it's the same for like late round draft choices. Like these guys are at a huge, huge disadvantage. Um, given, given how little football there's been, yeah. you know, and the Packers historically o- over the last, you know, yeah, 10, 20 years, even, um, relied on a lot of young UDFA talent to come into camp and shine. And, um, one of the, th- one of the metrics that, that sort of, show that is the average age of the team There's always a list of like, who's on average, the oldest or the youngest team. So if I can set up some trivia for you, Alex, uh, this year compared to compared to last year, do you think that the Packers are older or younger than last year? Uh, I feel like this has to be a trick. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess I, I, I would just, again, without the setup. And if you just like wrote that question down and texted it to me, I'd be like, oh, they're older, but, um, how big is the discrepancy? It is a, it is a trick. There is no discrepancy. They are the exact same okay. age this year as they were last year. Uh, 25.5 years old is the average age, um, on the Packers. Really? Yes. Which is tied for fifth youngest, uh, in the league this year. And I mean, you know, COVID or not, they've actually been remarkably consistent dating all the way back to 2016. Um, so starting in 2016, 25.4, 25.7, 25.7, 25.5 and 25.5. 
That's wow. crazy. Do you have? Yeah, that that's really crazy. Actually, the way turnover, like roster turnover and stuff in this league works, and the way that the Packers like to like develop guys and keep them. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Damn. So I, I actually, you know, so does that scare you at all? I mean, like just going back to what we were talking about about like these guys being like late round draft picks and UDFA's being disadvantaged. My, my big worry with that. Yeah, and being on the younger side uh, of the spectrum in the NFL is that um, the Packers' injury luck was so great last year, and that if that doesn't happen again, like that, if you get to one of those situations, and I feel like this has happened in years past, especially for for Green Bay, where like by week six, all of a sudden you have a laundry list of injured yep. guys. You have guys who have still been, you know, playing NFL football for less than like three months yeah. that are going to have to step in right away. And I understand they expanded the rosters and things like that. But again, I guess everybody's in the same boat, right? Yeah. Like, and I almost think it's a little bit of a mischaracterization. Like I'm, I'm actually not worried because w- when you, when you sort of tee it up and say um, like, Oh, you know, for the first time since 2004, no UDFA rookies made it. And, and of course with my trivia question it makes it seem like, Oh, this is, um, you know, a couple young guys who haven't had any snaps and then a bunch of old guys, uh, which is not the case. And in, and in mm-hmm. fact, there's, there's plenty of players I think on the team who actually, they would have fallen into that category last year and they stuck around. So UDFAs, practice squad guys, late round draft picks, um, who've been in the system for a year or two. And we'll get to some of those, uh, names a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so I think it's maybe a little bit of a mischaracterization. I mean, even a guy like Alan Lazard was a practice squad guy last year. Actually didn't make the 53 right. last year. Uh, that's pretty, actually, yeah, like that's pretty shocking given, uh, you know, the way, the, the, I guess the role he's expected to play yeah. this year, right? Like that that happened pretty yeah. fast. All right, let's move on to uh, the the right tackle position. We're not going to get into the nuances here because um, as we often say, we're not super qualified to talk about um, offensive line play, but the position battles, I feel like um, we definitely can touch on that. And Billy Turner seems to have beaten out Rick Wagner, but Turner also appears to be a possible scratch for week one uh, with an injury. So perhaps Wagner will get the nod or maybe they'll Shuffle some guys. It's a big question mark right now, but historically the Packers have done well hitting on a pipeline of capable linemen, just sort of pumping them through the system. And, but Alex, I mean, doesn't it feel a little weird to be sort of this unsettled on the right side of the line heading into a game that counts? Yeah. I mean, yes, I think so. And especially given who the opponent is uh, and the importance of that game, um, that's, you know, if, if there's any consistency year over year for uh, their defensive line. And again, I think Daniel Hunter and, um, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, like those making that acquisition that gives them like two very prominent pass rushers. Um, so it's, it's unsettling from that regard. And like, we're used to, I mean, Balog has been here for a really, was here for a really, really long time. You feel like the left side, well, the offensive line is certainly from the tackle position is so settled and uh, it, it makes me nervous a little bit. Um, I, I don't want to say that Rogers mobility is like limited. I don't know. Are we all in agreement that he's not the same exact way he used to be in terms of the way he can move sure. around? I think he still moves around pretty well, um, but it's not quite yeah. the same. And I think that that give, given that, um, 
and the fact that this is probably the first time in a really long time you didn't feel like our right tackle is Bulaga, our left tackle is Bakhtiari, we're good there. Uh, it, it makes me a little yeah. nervous. Yeah. The interior line was a question mark last year, but the, you know, the acquisitions they made proved to be incredible, right? Like the, the, that was a huge question mark going in and ended up being a huge strength for the team. Um, but that also is a position that I think by design uh, that they invested less yep. in, right? Because they felt like they can get by. I don't think you can get by with a lesser investment at tackle unless you just get really lucky. Yeah. So I am nervous. Yes. Well, and when I talked a little bit uh, with Justice Mosqueda about this. He, he kind of jokingly, but not so jokingly, refers to Mercedes Lewis as an extra lineman. And I think that he will be deployed there on the right side early and often to sort of bolster that that side of the line as it's a little bit in flux. Yeah. And I think that's a great, great point because I think that they will need some assistance there. Um, so that could impact their their scheme uh, for the, you know, I guess maybe for the first few yeah. weeks, you know, until, until you feel like that, that that's a little bit more of a uh, steady situation there. And it might be a little bit of a disadvantage too, in, in so far as like maybe telegraphing what they're going to do, you know, if Mercedes Lewis is on the right side, lined up on the right side there, then it's. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a good point. But you know what? I think the Packers, despite, uh, Fans even being able to telegraph what they were going to do offensively <laughs> under Mike McCarthy for so long, they still managed to be like okay enough. Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe they can <laughs> they can still win out despite uh, despite maybe that your fact. boy uh, Lafleur will will uh, surprise some folks. Maybe he'll throw. Maybe he's more prone to throw in some wrinkles. Yeah. Our favorite thing. Hashtag wrinkles. wrinkles. All right, let's move on. Aaron Jones is in the news again. Aaron Jones said during an NFL Network hit that uh, the Packers are definitely, I think was the word he used, working to get a long-term deal done. And Alex, I haven't gotten your take on this on air, and um, I'm sure this will be a topic all year long, but uh, where do you land on the is resigning Aaron Jones a priority question? Well, my, my take is that I don't necessarily have a firm one yet. I'm more open to being swayed like one way or the other. I understand. I mean, I understand the risk that um, you take in letting him play on the final year of his deal and him driving up his cost, right? But I, I do just wonder, like, how many people last year that were saying that Matt, like, you know, kind of hating on Matt Lafleur for not playing Aaron Jones enough, not giving the ball, giving him the ball enough, like not making him enough of a focal point for the offense, are also saying this year that they should not be like making this a priority. Is there consistency from your year? Like if he was supposed to be a priority last year, is he supposed to be a priority when it comes to like the future or what? Um, and that's more of just something that I'm like curious to know, because if you're, what's the objection, I guess, is what I'm wondering. Is it just the nature of the position, how expendable people think it is, how short the shelf life, you know, is, is it that they still run, you know, run an offense with like a lot of running backs involved is like, what is the, objection? I think that it's, it is all of those things. The, and the objection that I find most compelling uh, is the idea that you can find replacement level talent for very, very cheap um, running, running backs are out there. I mean, there's, there's bad ones too, but there's a lot of good ones just kind of hanging out um, 
And our buddy Ryan Arcon on the blog Acme Packing Company dot uh, com has yet another piece. <laughs> he wrote he wrote one a, a couple of weeks ago saying something similar, and he's further driving the the point home here uh, with a piece today uh, titled "A Sensible Aaron Jones Contract Extension Does Not Exist." Um, and he goes on to to make that point uh, that I just outlined for you, Alex, among others. But let me ask you this: um, you know, you talk about maybe wanting to re-sign him now to avoid the risk of him playing super well and his price tag just ballooning. What is the price tag right now, do you think? And is that price tag worth it? Well, I guess maybe that's where I'm struggling to come fully around to the other side and that it doesn't make sense in any situation now is because like, I don't really understand what his market value would be right now. You know, last year he scored a lot of touchdowns, but he still was like, you know, he, he, to me, like this is the year where he would be taking a step into like, n- like I still don't view him as like a nationwide like name, you know, like a guy that a lot of people know. Like when Saquon Barkley's contract is up, or when Zeke Elliott's contract, like that, you just like people all around the league, and yep. in terms of fans, like obviously people in the league are super aware of what's happening. Like, like no, I still feel I still feel like Aaron Jones is a little bit of a, um unknown commodity like you know it's like what what is his actual value right now after one season of looking really good can it really be that high like if the consensus around the league is that like if gms are thinking that way and that there is replacement level talent out there then then wouldn't his price tag not be that high to the point where it's like not going to be worth it no matter what i'm struggling with that like it's it's hard like you found you feel like you found a gem late round draft pick he's been playing for really low money I think his first few years for like half a million dollars or whatever it was, you know, like a raise for him probably still, I don't know. I guess I just don't see how he would be like a player that's so expensive where everyone would hate the deal. But I, it's, but based on the look you're giving me and, and what everyone else is saying, I think I feel like I'm totally wrong. I just don't get it. Like, is he really expecting like that kind of a payday? I don't know. Like, dude, you spill, you still split reps with Jamal Williams. He's not like, I just read today on Acme Packing Company something that I thought was really accurate. Like he's not even your backup; he's your he's your complement. Well, let me ask you this, Alex: do, do you think that he should be closer to Austin Eckler money or Joe Mixon money? <laughs> <laughs> As I'm looking at the numbers here, so a bit of a cheat sheet. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> I, I, at, the, at this point, yeah, I was. I, I'll probably say Eckler. Honestly, yeah. as as much as that pains me to say, because I I really feel like he's he could just like explode this year, but yeah. Uh, Eckler averaging, it looks like a little over 6 million a year. And then Joe Mixon, it jumps, it doubles, it's 12 million. And then it it goes up from there. Yeah. Well, that's just dumb though. Like that's a bad, I don't don't know. I don't have any reactions to that that aren't like, (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. And I don't expect, and I don't, I don't think that that means that the Packers like have to do like, they're smart. There aren't they like, we always joke about this, but they're like notoriously good with the way they negotiate these big contracts. Yeah. Like they're stingy. So, um, I don't know. Maybe yeah. they got something up their sleeve here. That well, puts them in a good position that satisfies all of us. Russ ball, the ball signal, the Russ ball signal is in the air and he is maybe <laughs> doing his thing right now, but, um, we will have plenty of time all season to talk about that unless it does get done here in the next few weeks. And that might be nice too. Um, let's move on to a little bit of a segment that we, we invented because Alex, you and I touched on this last week, but 
you had kind of a Seinfeldian moment uh, talking about <laughs> guys to follow and how um, training camp and and preseason provide you with good fodder to kind of find a guy. And you gave the example of, I believe it was Irvin um, who came in later, of course, but, you know, basically saying like, you know, Irvin's an example of a guy, but he's not a new guy. He's an old guy, but he's still a guy. And that got me thinking, <laughs> first of all, what is a guy? And second of all, who knows? maybe we should like, you know, now we have our roster so we can pick a guy, you know, we didn't get the the preseason, but we got some, some names to know. So Alex, maybe we should start and, and lay some, some ground rules for, for what is a guy. And of course we're talking about not your, uh, not your fancy starters, not your, uh, not even like your, uh, you know, veteran bubble players, but, but really kind of one or two, like first or second year guys, maybe I think in our chat earlier, we said fourth round or later, maybe fifth round or later or UDFA. What do you think? Yeah. So I think that that's, that's spot on. I think you sent some early guidelines of what a guy is and a guy to me has to be uh, a guy that's taken on day three of the draft. Now that is a three day draft. Otherwise you're not a guy. Yeah. Uh, you're a player. Yeah. Um, or a UDFA. So you, you, yeah. You can't. Yes. So yeah. Day three of the draft or undrafted, I think is one. I think you have to be within under three years of your, um, your 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 graduating or your your entry into the league. So, for instance, I think if you were, uh, maybe we'll get to this, but like I think there are some guys who are guys on the Packers team who have been in the league for more than a season and maybe going on to year three, but like they haven't really had a chance to break through. They've been right. floating around. Maybe right. they've been in a couple of training camps. Maybe they've got hurt. You know, they've been on IRs, practice squads, that stuff. Yeah, the practice squad eligible is big. I think. Because that's also like a good determining factor. Yeah. Although that's um, out the window this year because everyone's eligible. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I guess under normal circumstances. Yeah. Um, past guys, I think, had to be guys that uh, they might have become a guy in training camp. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, no, they cut my guy. But then you're like, is he going to make it through? You know, like the, uh, waivers is going to get claimed by someone else in their active roster. Or can my guy land on the practice squad and stay a guy? So um, and then I think you get bonus <laughs> points based on the school. I really believe that. Like, I think that guys are more likable um, when they are Sag Valley State. Yeah. OK, so a non-division one school. Yeah. Huge points. Le huge Leftern, points. Leftern then, Michigan Tech University. <laughs> Huge non-power five conference, eh, like uh, it's still division one, you know, like on the fence mountain right. West, if that's even still a thing conference USA, you know, those are a thing. Um, those, those guys can be guys. And just to clarify for people, when we say a guy, I mean, we're really talking again, talking about those bubble players, but like a guy, someone who is, you know, an underdog who you want to root for. Maybe you read an article from like Jason Wildey or something, you learn some like cool fact about them and you just get into following them and you root for them. And I don't know, everyone needs a guy. Totally. You only, <laughs> yeah, everybody needs one, you know, and, and you don't have to have all of those things in your favor. For instance, like Sam Shields was a lot of guys, guys. Yeah. Um, but he, and he went to Miami, huge school, but like he never did anything there and yeah. he was undrafted. So like he, he checked at least a box. Uh, but if you could check multiple, then you're like in, in looking in really good shape. All right, so. I think uh, I think we've got the ground rules down, and and I'd like to go first with my guy, 
And it's a little fuzzy, but my guy is going to be uh, KB and Ento, a, a wide receiver turned cornerback. Um, he is actually on IR, but in order to do that, the team had to keep him on the 53. So if you tease that out a bit, you know, the Packers didn't want to risk uh, this guy who, um, you know, has very little film. Um, is the definition of a project, really, a, a recovering wide receiver. Um, they did not want to risk him uh, getting to waivers. So they obviously are really interested in seeing more of what he can do. Um, new COVID rules means an unlimited number of players can return from IR. So this guy may be a guy that we get to see a, a little bit later in the season. And, and all signs point to the Packers are quietly very interested in this guy, KB Wow. And Zach, in saying that, you just unlocked super guy powers because <laughs> there is nothing that makes somebody more guy eligible than a position change, too. Yeah. Don't forget, that is like a big time Hashtag one. project. Yeah. Oh, people love that. Man, <laughs> that's great. You you just like leveled up on me there. Um, <laughs> Who's and, your guy? And also, I want to clarify, once you have a guy, he stays your guy. So like Tanyan is like still your guy. It, but is Tanyan still a guy? Because is this year three? He's not. You can't, he can't become your guy now. Yeah. You can't claim him now. But if if like you, you had claimed him. Gotcha. Um, which we have uh, evidence that, that he is in fact your guy by that amazing sounder we play. <laughs> Uh, just like find a way to loop into every show. That's uh, he can stay your guy. All right, um, my guy forever. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, it's just like a former guy, but like you, <laughs> he's still your guy. Um, all right. So my guy, if I had to pick a guy who like satisfies most of these things, um, I base this on so little, but I'll I'm gonna take the bait on Malik Taylor, and it's simply because he's the only fucking new receiver that's on this team, <laughs> and I oh, I'm so desperate. <laughs> And receivers are so easy to become like the person that you root for because they make a catch here or there and you're like, wow. But like just for the just the way he made the team, granted there wasn't a lot of competition, there wasn't a lot of new bodies in there, clearly is uh he showed enough. And I think LaFleur, you know, set some pretty high, some lofty expectations for the fan base when he when he spoke about Taylor and why he made this roster because he was a surprise and you know and and that also coincides with Kumaro being released. So um plus, you know, Ferris State, like that's again, very that's that's a big that's super points, not quite like the position <laughs> change. Um but you know in keeping five receivers like he he could be a guy who could be around for such little time. But we also have never seen him. We didn't get all those preseason reps that make you fall in love with the guy. So I think that that's why I'm like even more excited. I'm like, well, he showed enough in such little time um, as a guy who who easily could have been out of the league by now to to make this team. And honestly, like I know he's fifth, but he's going to get an opportunity. Like, yep. it, And that's because of my lack of faith in the guys ahead of him, how little we've seen them and how injured they often are. Yep. You know, so like just by being on the opening day roster you have you have a lead right on on everybody else and um i'm 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 excited to see it might take weeks before we see him like actually get out there and take a rep um but from what you read and what you hear coaches say uh it's it's a little exciting i don't have i don't have like donald driver expectations but you know i have you know, at like a Geronimo Allison ceiling type expectation. You know what I yeah. mean? 
Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going the long play with KB and Ento, a guy, a potential guy who's on IR, and yeah. you are going low-hanging fruit, instant satisfaction with Malik Taylor, a wide receiver who has an opportunity to actually impact the game uh, on day one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw, um, I think it was Wes Hodkowitz tweeted this out, um, pointing out roster guys this year, guys who are on the 53 this year, um, who graduated from last year's practice squad. Malik Taylor uh, is one of them. KB Ento is another one. Alan Lazard is one. Yash Nyman and uh, Ran- Randy Ramsey. So if, if anyone out there has heard our criteria, they want to do some research and find a guy, that's a list you can uh, you can go off there. Alan Lazard, um, still young, still two years, but was on was uh, a big contributor last year. Is he a guy? Can he be a guy, or is that like a Bob Tanyan thing where it's like he he had to have already been your guy? Yeah, I think you probably needed to claim him by now, but you you still are like riding the wave. So maybe you don't even need a new guy. You know, like you can skip <laughs> a year and get a guy next year because you could you're just seeing this one through. Oh, man, this is, this is the best segment I think we've ever done. Um, and on that note, I think we uh, we are going to wrap it up for the first installment uh, of our week one, uh, pre-week one here at the APC podcast. I am going to hit the polka. It's going to do it for us here until Thursday night. Please consider give us giving us a rating in Apple Podcasts. Positive rating helps us reach more people. And makes us feel good too. If Patreon is your thing, you can support us there. Patreon.com slash note nugs. Every dollar helps keep up with equipment costs, gear upgrades, and other resources uh, that help us bring you this show. Patreon.com slash note nugs, N O T E N U G S. Still some time to join the free listener pick'em, so follow us on Twitter at the APC Pod and let us know. And again, if you are a sane person not on Twitter, email also works. The APC Podcast at gmail.com. Again, we are going to be back in just a couple days with special guest Arif Hassan to preview week one against the Minnesota Vikings. So look out for that dropping probably Thursday night. It'll be on the blog uh, Friday morning. Just in time to uh, kick it into the weekend for the first week one. Well, I guess Thursday is, is technically the kickoff, but Packers fans don't care about that. So until yeah. then... Until next time, until Sunday, whatever. We made it somehow. There's football. (laughs) Keep your stick on the ice, guys. Go Paco. (laughs) Later, Alex. See ya.